disclaimer, this episode does include gruesome details about true events. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Crime Vine Podcast. I am your host, Felicity Brooke, and if you are new here, basically, this is a true crime and conspiracy theory podcast. We don't dive into conspiracies too often here, but we do on the occasion. I like to stick with cases that aren't as publicly known. I like to stick with cases that aren't as widely known just because I feel like every case is just as important as the next, and I'd rather give my platform and give the victims a voice that they don't already have by media coverage. I feel like it's my duty to help these people find justice, help the victims and their families. And if I'm not going to do it, then who else is going to? Before we get into this episode, I do want to say I have an Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is at the Crime Vine Podcast and Twitter is at the Crime Vine PO1. However, I have not been active on there lately, just like I haven't been active on this podcast, but I will explain all of that in a second. Also, if you guys aren't coming here from TikTok, I have opened up a TikTok and decided to do true crime in 60 seconds over there. So if you guys are interested in that, go check that out. My TikTok username is Felicity Brooke M and I'll have everything in the show notes of this episode. But if you guys have come from my TikTok, welcome. I know a lot of you guys have discovered my podcast and thank you guys all so much for your support. It means the world to me. Um, Yeah. So thank you guys all so much. I do want to do a quick little explanation here. So about the YouTube channel. So if you're not coming from my TikTok, then you probably have no idea what I'm talking about about a YouTube channel. So basically on TikTok, everybody wanted me to do a YouTube channel. And this is when I decided that I was keeping my podcast private for the time being until one of you normal listeners have figured out it was me and then kind of became publicly known that that was my TikTok. So um, I was going to do a YouTube channel and I, you know, bought all the equipment. I bought like camera gear and editing stuff, everything, you name it. And I don't know why, but my computer, I have like a really old iMac. And so it doesn't support some video files and it doesn't necessarily support um, Premiere, like Adobe Premiere, because I I do use Adobe products. And I don't know why I've just been having the hardest time. I have literally been trying to import a video that I made earlier in the week for days and it still is not importing. So I don't know if I'm going to get to the YouTube channel. I might just hold off on that and just stick with the podcast for now. So I'm sorry to everybody that was looking forward to that. Um, But right now it's probably best I stick with just the podcast too because I don't want to overload myself and then just stop doing everything altogether. And I also do want to say I'm sorry to my normal listeners for not posting lately. The last time I posted was in April. Yeah, things have been crazy. I'm not going to lie. I like, I'm just not consistent with the podcast. It's so incredibly hard with doing all the research, but I'm not going to give excuses because I feel like I give excuses every single time. Just know that I'm trying to get better and I don't know if it's going to be a weekly episode thing. I, I don't have a certain schedule that I'm going to go with. Normally it was every Monday. Right now, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so just, I guess, stay tuned for more information on that. Now that I'm done rambling for like, Ever, let's get into this episode. Grab yourselves a drink because this vine will rope you in. Brianna Maitland was born on October 8, 1986, in Burlington, Vermont, to Bruce and Kelly Maitland. It was just Brianna and her older brother, and they were raised on a farm. 
During Brianna's younger years, she was extensively trained in jujitsu. On her 17th birthday, she wanted to move out. No serious stress at home or anything like that. She just wanted more independence and to be closer to her friends who all lived about 15 miles away and they all went to a different school. Brianna then enrolled at their school and she had kind of an unstable living situation bouncing between friends' houses. By February 2004, she dropped out of high school and moved in with her childhood best friend, Jillian Stout. And Jillian Stout lived in Sheldon, Vermont. Around this time, Brianna also enrolled into a GED program. Three weeks prior to Brianna's disappearance, Brianna was physically attacked at a party by a former friend by the name of Kaylee LaCrosse. Now, the motive was unclear as to why Kaylee attacked Brianna, but Bruce, who is Brianna's father, believes that it was out of jealousy over a boy. Kaylee hit Brianna several times in the face while Brianna was sitting in a truck. Now, despite Brianna's extensive jujitsu training, she refused to fight back. Brianna suffered from a broken nose and concussion. She eventually filed charges against Kaylee. On Friday, March 19th, 2004, Brianna took her GED test. After she took her test, she went to lunch with her mother, Kelly, and they went shopping and ran a bunch of errands. Bruce was out of state working at this time, so he wasn't able to join them. Kelly said that Brianna was in very good spirits and discussed colleges, so there was no reason to believe that anything was wrong. While they're in a checkout line, Kelly said something caught Brianna's attention. Brianna then left the store while her mother was in the checkout line. Kelly met Brianna in the parking lot, and Kelly said that Brianna was unnerved, shaken, and agitated. Brianna told Kelly that she needed to go home and get ready for work at the Black Lantern Inn, which is a restaurant in Montgomery, Vermont. Kelly didn't question and dropped Brianna off at home between 3.30 and 4 p.m. Brianna left Jillian a note saying she would come home after work. She then left for work in her 1985 Oldsmobile sedan. After her shift, Brianna clocked out and left, and this was around 11.20 p.m. She told her coworkers that she needed to go home and get some rest for her second job in the morning. By all accounts, she was alone in her car when she left. Early Saturday morning, March 20th of 2004, a Vermont state trooper was dispatched to an abandoned house on Route 118 in Richford. This was about a mile away from the Black Lantern Inn. This house was known locally as the Old Dutchburn House. Brianna's car was backed into the side of the house in a weird way. The siding was destroyed where the car was backed in and there was plywood that came from the window on the trunk. Two of Brianna's checks were on the front seat. There was some loose change in the car, a water bottle, and an unsmoked cigarette. The state trooper assumed that the abandoned car was by a drunk driver and he brought the car to a local garage to be impounded. Kelly didn't know about the car until five days later and the car was registered to Kelly. Jillian was away for the weekend so she didn't see the note until Monday. She assumed Brianna was staying somewhere else, and so she didn't call Kelly till the next day. On Tuesday, March 23rd, Kelly called various people trying to find Brianna's whereabouts or if anybody knew anything. She called her friends, employers, and no one knew where she was. She then filed a missing persons report that day. On Thursday, March 25th, her parents gave pictures of her to the state police. 
The trooper showed pictures of the Oldsmobile at Old Dutchburn House to her parents as well, and immediately they identified it as Brianna's car. In interviews, Kelly said she was repulsed by this photo. She believed someone else left the car like that, that Brianna didn't. So this is where things get a little bit weirder. Several people reported the car to law enforcement the night that it was placed there. A man drove by the house between 11.30 p.m. and 12.30 a.m., March 19th to 20th, and he said the car headlights were on, but no one was around. Second man drove by between midnight and 12.30 a.m. and recalled that the turn signal was flashing. On around 4 a.m. on the 20th, Brianna's former boyfriend drove past after he was partying across the border in Canada, and he recognized the car to be Brianna's, but he saw no one around it. The next morning, there were some passing motorists, and they thought that it was weird, and they took pictures. They reported there was change, a water bottle, and bracelet or necklace on the ground next to the car. State police led the investigation for the first few months, and they were skeptical of any foul play being involved. They believed that it was a possible runaway. Surrounding the area of the old Dutchburn house, it was combed through on foot by the police and search dogs. Sadly, nothing came from this search. On March 30th, the car was processed by the state crime lab for evidence after it was impounded at the local garage for several days. After they returned the car to Bruce and Kelly, Bruce noticed her ATM card, glasses, contact lens case, and migraine medication in the car. Now they start to believe that there was probable foul play involved. Jumping forward just a little bit, and then we're going to jump back, but in 2007, there was an FBI flyer that proposed the crime scene was staged. Brianna's parents speculated that she was abducted by multiple assailants because of her jiu-jitsu training. They don't believe that just one person was able to take Brianna down. The family created a website called bringbrehome.org with a reward of $20,000 for any information regarding Brianna's disappearance or whereabouts. This website was active till about 2009. A week after her disappearance, police got a weird anonymous tip. This tip was claiming that she was held hostage against her will in a house in Berkshire, Vermont, which is about 10 miles away from Montgomery. The rented house occupied by Raymond L. Ryans and Nathaniel Charles Jackson, who are two known drug dealers from New York. It was raided by the police on October 15, 2004. Various drugs were found, but no Brianna. Ryans was arrested for drug charges. They discovered that Brianna it was experimental with some cocaine and that she was in fact acquaintances of Ryan's and Jackson. In late 2004, there was another statement from another anonymous tip by a woman. This was a signed affidavit with allegations in graphic detail that Brianna had been murdered a week after she went missing. This woman claims Ryan's murdered her during an argument over money that Brianna had lent him for some drugs that her body had been temporarily stored in a basement of a recently incarcerated woman's home. Brianna's body was then allegedly dismembered with the table saw and disposed of on a pig farm. Police were unable to confirm this letter. The family also reported anonymous phone calls that they were receiving, claiming Brianna was tied to a tree in the woods and disposed of at the bottom of a lake. 
2006 security footage at Caesars World Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey showed a woman resembling Brianna sitting at a poker table. However, they never identified this woman. And in 2012, they investigated the potential connection to serial killer Israel Keys, but the FBI did rule this out. They also investigated the lead that this, con- this case could have been in connection to the Maura Murray case, but they soon ruled that out. In March 2016, investigators revealed that they recovered DNA samples from Brianna's car. However, the results were not made public. And in July 2016, the old Dutchburn house was destroyed in a fire. All right, you guys, what do you think about this case? I knew I had to cover it more in depth in a podcast episode because of the TikTok I posted. There was just, I should have done a part two, but I didn't, I don't like the idea of doing part twos on TikTok. Um, and so many of you guys asked for more information on this case. So I decided that this should have just been an entire podcast episode. There's so many sketchy things about this case. Let's just talk about all the anonymous tips. How many? There's been about like three different stories that these tips were given giving us, which doesn't make any sense because all these stories were so contradictory to each other. One was of her being tied up in the woods and then being disposed of in the bottom of a lake. Another one was that she was murdered, dismembered, and disposed of on a pig farm. And then another one was that she was being held hostage. So the question is, where is Brianna and is she still alive? If she's not, what happened? What happened to her? Who took her? It's clear that Brianna was kidnapped. It is 100% clear that th- something happened. Given Brianna's jujitsu training, there I believe that there had to have been more than one assailant and probably people way bigger than her, probably males as well, somebody that could overpower her. I mean, she had extensive jujitsu training, so it would not be easy to take Brianna down. So I definitely think that there's definitely something sketchy going on with this case. There's just so many things that I'm just like, whoa, what? This left me scratching my head for literal days. I mean, this is just, I don't even, this is the first case where I don't even know or have an idea of what could have happened. Like, I don't know if I believe the signed affidavit about Ryan's and Jackson murdering her. I don't know if I believe them holding her hostage. Unless they did hold her hostage and that tip was true and later on they did murder her and the signed affidavit was also true as well. There's just so many things that are confusing here and we can't obviously, you know, speculate and say, you know, I this is what sounds like it could have happened, but like also the fact that two of these tips were involving Ryan's and Jackson, which leads me to believe that maybe they were involved in this. I mean, if they were supposedly arguing over drug money, then that would give motive for Ryan's to murder Brianna. There's just so many things missing. I, I, I don't understand. I don't really know where to go with this. I don't even know what to say on it because I'm just so lost with it. So I'm really interested to know what you guys think about this case. I definitely want to hear your guys's either theories or just what you guys think. So, um, 
Again, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. Twitter's at the Crime Vine PO1. Instagram is at the Crime Vine Podcast. And if you guys are not here from TikTok, you can go follow me on TikTok where I do true crime in 60 seconds. And it's basically a synopsis of a case and in 60 seconds, obviously. And that is at Felicity Brooke M. And I will, again, have everything linked in the description box or show notes, I guess you say. And I'll also have all of my site, my sources in the show notes as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys in my next podcast episode.